Welcome back to another episode of Pretty Little Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Caroline. I'm Phoebe. And we can't wait to jump in with episode number two called... The Jenna Thing. The Jenna Thing. What What an enticing title for a second episode, considering the first episode was literally titled Pilot. Yes. This one really gets you going, gets you excited. Definitely left us on a cliffhanger as well. We're going to learn a little bit more about what the girls are so nervous about. So before we jump in, I guess I just have a question for you. Have you ever been best friends with a sociopath? Not knowingly. (laughs) Um, that is exactly what they're describing. Like we For told sure. her all of our secrets. We knew none of hers and their like competitiveness with each other on like what they knew that the other didn't. It's really just like so sick. And even how protective they continue to feel like the fear that Allie instilled in them so deeply yeah. that she's literally dead. So scared of like betraying her. So let's just start at the beginning. We have the four girls there in the Apple Rose Grill. I love that every institution in Rosewood has As, to have Rose yeah. in the name. It's amazing. Um, but they're all there. They're all drinking various drinks. And here is where we really see that Hannah is, in fact, a functional alcoholic. Absolutely. And everybody in the town knows it. Why does no she shame. literally carry this flask with her everywhere it's she goes? bizarre. What do you think her alcohol of choice is? She's a vodka girl for sure. Definitely. She's like she's like a flavored vodka for sure. She's like, I like vanilla, and I put it in Coke, and it tastes like a vanilla Coke. Like, that is vile. So, <laughs> well, that's definitely what she's doing. So, there. But um, it's medicinal. So. <laughs> which also is like, just Girl, does what? not make sense. <laughs> and I love, I love the bones they throw to the extras in the show. They're like, we're going to give you a moment here. Okay. You're going to see Hannah open up that, you're going to hear it from across the grill that she's opened up a muddle flask and you're going to look at her. I don't think she's old enough to drink. Well, actually, she looks like she's like 25 years old. So she, I wouldn't even like bat And an he eye. acts his ass off too. He's like, Ugh. he said he is not throwing away his shot. So are we to believe that this scene is happening like directly after Allie's funeral? I, they're all in their funeral clothes. I would I would Hannah probably. still has the same flask. So that would make sense. So they're all just kind of like reminiscing on their friendship with Allie in this grill. Um, and we learn a few things. Like Spencer knows a little bit more about Allie and Allie's experiences over the summer before she disappeared. She knows more about it than She's been letting on yeah, to the she other does girls. Not want to share it. No, she doesn't because Allie would so kill her. And Hannah has just absolutely like no chill, no cooth. She's like, she's dead. <laughs> Emily's like, <sighs> Emily like falls out of her chair. She's like, I just, I just please don't say that. Yeah, but so we basically find out that Allie was seeing someone that summer, which is a massive slap in the face to Emily, who thinks they were dating fully. And Emily is heartbroken in this moment longingly looking at the bracelet that Allie put on her wrist. And Hannah, bitch of the year, goes, can't believe you still wear that. Literally so rude. Like, it's only been a year since you all lost your best friend. I wouldn't be surprised if you were all wearing it, especially because her funeral was today. Yeah, and also, just 10 seconds ago, Aria was like, we were part of something special. And Hannah's like, I really miss her. Hannah's like, we were part of something special. And then looks at Emily having a moment with Allie essentially and she's like Ugh. and it's also just so funny to like hear these girls like we were part of something special blah blah like this girl was the actress was 13 years old and I can't like shake that <laughs> when they're talking about this and I'm like y'all are being kind of weird like talking about this eighth grader you were friends <laughs> with it's so funny but I do have to say and I want to point out some of the like excellent acting going on here especially with Hannah Marin. she does some of the fiercest 
eye and eyebrow acting I've ever seen. I mean, literally, she gives the bitchiest eyebrow, like, glares and, like, eyebrow raises. And I really just think we need to start, like, tallying how many times she uses her eyebrows to say a million words. <laughs> Way more than the script I is I think that's her. fair enough. But you know who says no words at the end of the scene? Jenna. And all the girls. Jenna walks in there and without even a look at each other they all immediately get up yeah they don't talk at all this is where i'm like it's just not realistic sorry this show is so realistic until this moment they are talking at the table about the secrets figuring out that Allie was seeing an older boy all this stuff talking about the jenna thing a little bit all these things that they could potentially be guilty for and the door opens to the apple rose grill they don't hear it okay Aria, like, happens to see it, and Spencer's, like, got her head in her hands on the table. Like, none of them look up, which, I don't, I don't know about you, anytime I'm in a restaurant and I'm, like, sitting by the door and I hear the door open, like, I look. It's, like, a natural human response that these girls were taught that they are acting, so you don't act natural. And none of them look. Aria, just, like, she's in Aria's eye line, and she, like, smacks Hannah twice, like, look, look. It's, like, she is directly in front of you, Hannah. And I think it's important. This happens later in the episode, too. They're forgetting that Jenna is blind. Y'all blinded her, number one. But she's not deaf. She can hear I know. you guys. Well, that's every- why they didn't say anything. But it wasn't even that they weren't saying anything when they got up in love. It's like there was no. It was like we see Jenna, we leave wherever we are. Yeah. And it was, cr- I mean, literally, it was like this unspoken rule. Like they don't even really look at each other. They just get up. Put, put a money few dollars on down on the table and walk out. And the best part is you'd think they might, like, congregate outside, like, and be like, okay, do you want to, like, go somewhere else or see you tomorrow? I'd say goodbye, maybe, yeah. like, the polite thing to do. No, they just all go off in separate directions saying nothing to each other. Okay, so can I do the honors of starting us off with the Marin morning scene? Yes, these scenes hold a special place in Caroline's heart. They do. These were truly the original ASMR. These breakfast scenes where they're, like, and they're doing all this unnecessary shit, but, like, they're wearing heels, and you, like, hear the heels clicking on the floor, and then the pouring of the milk, and the opening and shutting of the fridge, and, like, all the, like, coffee cups on the counter. Yes, like, everything, like, putting the lid on the thermos, like, it all, I don't know, it just, something about the sound is so satisfying to me. But everything's just, like, so clean and pristine, and the sound, it's just such a nice little morning scene. But why the fuck does Hannah look like she's going to work with her mom as a take-your-kid-to-work day? My God. Literally, Hannah is in a blazer, in a mini skirt, skirt, so short, cork wedges, <laughs> like just. And she's got like she's got okay, she's got like the black blazer, and she's got which honestly like kind of cute. It's not like that trendy. If you were going now, to work with yeah, your mom, yeah, yeah. And then like we have the black mini skirt, and then we have this like nasty brown bag. It's like somewhere between like a messenger and. But a she's tote also bag. wearing like a a light turquoise blouse yes but it's crucial to talk about the bag because i know but that's what i'm saying it doesn't like well that's fair but it also doesn't it's not like it ties anything together no and brown is making like a really big comeback right now and i have to say like i still don't love brown and black together i just never think i will love it and like hannah just to me she went for it i'm like i understand that you were recently not cool because this is just a dead giveaway (laughs) (laughs) this bag is a dead fucking giveaway that's so mean i don't care so anyway, they're getting ready. Of course, she and her mom, mommy, daughter, get ready in the mirror together. And the TV's on in the background. And it's, like, perfectly framed. 
Detective Wilden, who Ashley Marin has slept with like countless nights already. We're on episode two. <laughs> and they're like, we found the dead body and there's evidence of blunt head trauma. So we know now that Allie was definitely murdered and that it was a blunt force. But that's head. not that what killed her. Happened? Suffocation killed her. So that okay. means we've sen- it's essentially been confirmed at this point that she was buried alive. Okay, yes. Okay. But she's hit in the head first, which will be very important as we end up coming up with suspects okay. later on. So she was hit in the head and she fell into like the pit where the gazebo now is outside right, of their house. Exactly. Okay. And then they built the gazebo on top of her so they, like filled the hole, buried her alive. So maybe she was unconscious when they hit her in the head. She fell in. And then when she woke up, she was, like, buried alive. That's actually a really big fear of mine. That would be such an awful way to go. And so we finished up Hannah's morning. <laughs> Her mom's like, are you okay to go to school? Hannah's like, yeah. I'm like, bitch, milk this for all that it's worth. I, I would, would be like, literally- no. <laughs> for weeks. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gone to school for the year. No, I'd be like, I'm taking a year off. I'm just going to find myself. Like, after yeah, this can major I go to loss. Iceland with Arya? Yeah, I would literally be like, we're taking shifts in Iceland. It's my year. Sorry, bye. <laughs> I just would not be like, yeah, no, I'm fine. Like, absolutely not. Um, I would definitely make it about me. Right. <laughs> just kidding. Um, kind of. But the lipstick Hannah's wearing, she puts it on her mom and goes, is that Amber Rose? Hello, Kanye West's ex-girl, from which I think they were dating at that time. So it was... It, Marlene King maybe has beef with them. Maybe I don't know. I don't why know, but she, that had to have been on purpose. That it's had to too been. specific. Like it's and why would you say it? Is that Amber Rose? Like but why it is say a perfect anything? lipstick name. Like that's a great. Okay, why don't you start a lipstick line and name them all Amber Rose? Well, okay, clearly one exists in this universe. No, no. Okay, we go to uh, the Montgomery household. And this morning seemed not as satisfying as the Marin scene. Hell in fact, no. like, I'm getting creepy, off-putting vibes from every single person in the scene. All I can say is I hope Ella Montgomery was on drugs when she said this absolute fat-shaming comment about Hannah. I'm horrified every time I watch this scene because she looks at Arya and she goes, that was some funeral dress. I didn't even recognize Hannah. Her mom didn't get that at Curvy Girl. And then Byron, nosy freaking Nelly, he's like, He's like, I love Curvy Girls. Who <laughs> shops at Curvy Girl? That's where Meredith shops. Arya's like, Meredith! <laughs> Arya is sitting there with both hands wrapped firmly around a mug the size of her entire body, <laughs> staring at her father like she just did a line of coke. And then her mom next to her, the contrast, her mom was like she just took a muscle relaxer. She stirred in with her coffee, literally. Are you drinking sleepy time tea, Ella? It's 8 in the morning. The way that she talks throughout this entire scene is like, okay, Arya, I don't understand. You got along so, so well in Iceland. Literally, it's like, okay, let's get a little pep in your step, bitch. Come on. But she doesn't have anywhere to be, clearly. Arya's on one, though. She's, like, ready to go to war. Absolutely. She's ready to lunge across the table and strangle her father. Her father is like, I think I'm going to have to stay late at at work tonight. Which is, like, not an unreasonable thing for a professor to say in, like, yeah, the like, syllabus week. Like, getting everything ready for class. Mm-hmm, if you're staying a grade. And also, you don't know how late his classes go. Like, in college, you can have a class that gets out at 8. So, like... Right. And Arya's pissed. Well... Ella's also kind of mad. She's like, already, but she's like, okay, it's your job. Arya is like, yeah, don't you think your family should come first? Like, being such a bitch about it. Also, let's be clear. If I was having an illicit affair with my English teacher at the age of 16, I'd be like, yeah, stay out. I'm going to be busy, too. Like, I would want my parents gone as much as possible so that they would have less time to wonder what's going on with me. Uh, So Arya storms out of the house. 
essentially. She leaves. And Byron's trying to be like, man, what was that about? That's so crazy. Because Ella is like, you guys were getting so along so well together. Byron's like fully drugging Ella so she doesn't put the pieces together and realize that there are two teacher-student affairs going on. And then he leaves too. And Ella just... She puts sits her there. head in her hands and falls asleep. <laughs> she doesn't, but we know she's going to. All right, so Emily is getting some early morning homework done on her porch. They're all having a really busy morning. I want to know what time school starts. Do you know? I mean, in my head, eight. I don't. We, I don't in know if we ever eight, get a confirmation, but it must be nine. Uh, yeah, because they all. Number one, they have time for such busy mornings, but also it's fully bright out it's like bright it's out like noon there's noon no lighting. dew on the grass like no. it's it's for sure none of them look tired except for maya st germain according yeah, to, like, according according to like, emily Fields. you look tired i mean i would slap that bitch across the face so emily's emily's sitting on her porch reading to kill a mockingbird and maya walks right up to the porch make yourself right at home please that is something she really likes oh to she, do. yeah for sure uh she sits down next to emily and they're talking about just you know ally and you know maya's looking for any moment she can immediately start comforting emily in a way that's kind of overstepping it's also like a little bit like munchausen's by proxy <laughs> like maya's <laughs> like maya's like i want you to be sad so i can comfort <laughs> you so what can i say to like really trigger you she's everywhere <laughs> say something like that and emily's like Ugh. but also maya's like kind of making it about her it's like she doesn't really care how she gets emily's arms around her whether it's emily comforting her or maya comforting emily she does not care how she gets to the physical contact part of that but she will, she get, will there. get there <laughs> and one of the ways that one of the roundabout ways that she decides to get there is Emily is enjoying some morning coffee with Tequila Mockingbird. And I thought you were going to say some morning coffee with Tequila. Phoebe's <laughs> <laughs> drink of choice. <laughs> and Maya goes, oh, can I have some? And Emily's like, yeah, I'll make you a cup. Like a normal person responds to that type of question. And Maya goes, I'd rather share yours. I would be so fucking annoyed. Let me tell you. I mean, if you ask me for a sip of my coffee. Emily's all about it, No, she though. doesn't even ask for a sip. She's like, I'd rather just have yours. I'd rather just share <laughs> yours. It's like, I maybe will give you a sip that, if you yeah. like it. Like, I'll make you some. Maybe you don't like the, like, flavor, like the milk, you know. I'm How do we take think Emily coffee. takes her coffee? Mm, Emily takes it black with almond milk. That one, That's not black, but she probably takes it with almond milk. Yeah, Spencer, black for sure. Spencer, black. Hannah, vanilla or caramel flavoring. Sugar-free. Aria, oatmeal latte. Barely with like coffee. lavender, yeah, something bizarre, something that she can but only definitely get at like a very milk. like, yeah, a very like uh, I don't know, moody. Yeah, her dad shop. like offers to make her coffee in the morning. She's like, no, I'll go to the brew. Yeah, the <laughs> brew, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a really like oddly timed morning routine. But then Mrs. Fields comes up. She's, she's also had a busy morning. She's already played a round of tennis with the girls. <laughs> like I sh- is sweating. Like, did they have a delay? Like, like I'm confused. <laughs> It's really bizarre, and um, Maya acts like she and Pam Fields are, like, old, long-lost friends. Maya accosts the woman. Maya jumps so far out of her seat that she basically pushes Pam off the porch. Yeah, no, it's very—and let's be clear, like, Mrs. Fields is very clear about the type of interaction she's looking for. She sticks her hand out. I mean, there's no doubt about it that's what she's going for. Maya just absolutely impales herself on Pam's wrist and is like, hi! 
it's and Pam's creepy. like, oh, uh, this is uh, so nice to meet you. I've heard a lot about you. Maya does not know how to read a room. No. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> she- which, which we see even more. We'll get to this. But basically, Maya says that, like, her backyard is, like, a crime scene a crime still. Scene. And, like, it's where people go to feel close to Allison. Maya, I don't think any person in Rosewood is going there to feel close to Allison De Laurentiis. Maya, that's called trespassing. <laughs> I have to say it like it is. It absolutely is. They shouldn't be going into your backyard. But Maya's like such, she's such a pick me and she's such like an empath that she's like, it's where people. She's the kind of girl that would describe herself as Yes, an exactly. She's like, it's where people go to feel close to her. So I just like. It's really been hard on me, but, like, I know that they need it. And Emily's like, oh, my God, that's why you look so fucking tired. Yes. You have getting any sleep. And Pam, I have to say, very out of character for her oh, at this for point sure. in the show. Yeah. She's like, oh, why don't you come stay here? Yeah. I'm like, for someone who's terrified of her daughter being a lesbian, you sure are eager to have her share a bed with the neighbor. Well, honestly, Pam seems pretty oblivious to that at this point. Like, I don't think she has any sort of idea, especially yeah. with the conversation she has with Emily later. I guess she's just really uptight, so I still think it's like, yeah, like no, our no, no. mom would never be like, oh, come sleep over on a school night? Hell no. Hell no. So, anyway, um, I guess, like, Maya and Emily like to take a shortcut through Spencer's backyard, even though Emily and Spencer haven't been friends for a year. And they also live on different sides of the town, so a weird. Unique, a unique commute to school. <laughs> Just walk through the woods. Spencer's back there with a full blowout. She looks like she's In been away field for five hours. uniform. She's just hitting some balls. Bizarre. Like, like, the thing is, is that Maya and Emily are on their way, in their words, to get caffeine. But then they're also on their way to school. So, like, everybody's making their way to school. Spencer's going to have to fully shower. Yeah, well, she's skipping the change. caffeine. She's not going to get the caffeine. Oh, She'd kill right. for a latte, but she has to skip it. Right, and d- d- I don't even think Emily and Maya would offer to get the latte I for her. I thought that was wild. They are like, oh, we're going to get some caffeine. Do you want any? And Spencer's like, oh, I would kill for a latte. <sighs> they're like, oh, that sucks. But I have to stay here. And they're like, okay, see ya. I'm like, how about I'll, I'll get you one and bring it to school. Like, hello? It's also important to note that Maya has another out-of-pocket comment in this conversation. She goes, uh, new girl moved into dead girl's house or something like that. Like, Maya, they were best friends with her. She doesn't want anybody to forget that number that she one, lives in Allison's she lives house. in Allison's house. And number two, that like, your friend's dead. Let me comfort <laughs> you. Like, that's the goal, I think, here. But then... She goes, I can't believe I just said that. And Spencer goes, yeah, I can't believe you just said that either. And Maya says something that absolutely baffles me. She says, I guess Brad Pitt and I are missing the same... Sensitivity chip or something like that. Or some shit. Sensitivity bone. What's wrong with Brad Pitt? If anyone knows, please, like, drop a line to let us know. Because I will be scouring the internet trying to figure this out. Yeah, I'm shocked. What year did the show come out? 2009? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to Google Brad Pitt 2009 like 800 times tonight. All right, so we got to do our first outfit breakdown of, I think, the whole podcast. And it is, of course, with Aria. Um, What the fuck? <laughs> Let's just start at the toes and go all the way to the nose. So we're starting with a pair of ballet flats, which, first of all, major faux pas. The girl is the size of an elf. She's three feet tall. She does not need to be wearing ballet flats, but she is. Then... Even though you don't have to wear any kind of socks or anything with ballet flats, which we all know, she's wearing over-the-knee 
black socks. Now, this would be one thing if her ballet flats were completely black, but no, they are black and white. So it's a very distinct line. There's no lengthening happening here. Not to mention her legs are literally like tiny little toothpicks that are literally also the height of toothpicks. They're tiny. So the space between those over-the-knee socks and her black skirt is like minuscule, and it makes her look absolutely so short and like kind of stubby even though she's not anyway so we have this like just god awful bottom ensemble then we get to the top we have what seems to be <clears throat> a vest tank top it's like a button down which can only be described as a vest tank top black and white striped um underneath this we have like a royal blue camisole i would say with like a silver pendant <laughs> and like a gorgeous blowout like literally like a neck up absolutely gorgeous uh, stunner everything below the neck is a fucking travesty it's literally so bad like when you have the budget this show has why are you not tailoring every piece of clothing to these girls and something i always wonder also about these shows is like what do the actresses think when they're like in like and this is the show this is the it show they know that this is going to be like I don't know if they knew quite the level it was going to be, but they probably were like, it's an ABC family show based yeah. on a book already with a following. What were they think, thinking going in? So, like, Hannah's supposed to be this fashion-y stuff. Yeah, here's my take on this, okay? I have a couple theories. Number one, this show did, you know, these episodes came out in 2009 when the fashion was considerably, like, horrible. So these were, like, not so far off from what people were wearing when they thought they were looking cool. But we also have to remember that every TV show was, like, putting their characters in clothes that were supposedly, like, ahead of the time trendy. Like, they were trying to set the trends. They weren't necessarily trying to follow them. They knew girls were going to be trying to dress like these girls. So they were putting them in kind of outrageous outfits, which we saw in a lot of shows around this time, and we still do. I mean, even Gossip Girl. It's yeah, like, like Riverdale. They put these people in clothes that no one would ever wear, but then people start trying to emulate. So I think probably the actors are, like, number one, I'm not being me. I would never wear this. My character probably would. And number two, this must be, like, ultra trendy. Like, people are going to start dressing like this, and they did. So I think that's probably what happened here. But it's just, it's a nightmare. It does not hold up even slightly. It's just it's just awful. So we can move on from this. We will post a picture on the Instagram so you can all revel in its glory as well. And, of course, she is the only other person in the hall when Ezra Fitz is also arriving to school, which is exactly what she wanted, because she's about to have a very uncomfortable conversation with him. Arya walks up to Ezra and is like, hey, can we talk for a sec? And Ezra's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. He's so excited. He can't wait to talk to her. He thinks this is going to be like an awesome conversation. And she's like, I want to transfer out of your class, bucko. And, and she doesn't like, say bucko, he but immediately, she He immediately like his mood changes. He goes, can I talk to you for a moment inside, please? He's rocked by this news. He's like, I would really love it if you wouldn't change out of my class. But I'm like, why? Like, wouldn't wouldn't you rather she leave? Because then it would be like less off. Like, if you were if we're operating under the the idea that they're gonna continue this relationship, like, wouldn't you prefer she not be in the class so it, people aren't like picking up on it? Like, he should be the one suggesting she transfer out of yeah. the So this brings us back to last episode on the chalkboard. It did say Atticus, voice of reason, question mark. And we, you know, we can imply that, that Mr. Fitz is the Atticus character here, who is not being the voice of reason, right? At all. And then we have Scout, moral, amoral. Well, Arya kind of is acting moral, but it, 
but is she? Because is she is she like hoping that they're going to continue it if she right. leaves the class? Like what? What's going on here? And it's not an accident that the chalkboard says these things. And we do have another one on the board, you know, coming up. We realize that Arya's prerogative in the whole thing of wanting to transfer out is she knows Ezra can control his feelings, but she can't. I'm like, what are you going to do? Are you going to, like, get up on your desk and take your shirt off? Like, (laughs) what do you mean you can't control your feelings? It's out of control. Anyway, she's like, well, you just fucking sign it. And he does. It's like this chicken scratch. Like, he prints his name. (laughs) Not even a signature. It's Not like, on the line. It's like the actor. What's his name? Ian Harding. It's Ian Harding's like signature that he's been <laughs> practicing and practicing. So they walk out, and and this is a really awesome scene. It's like the start of the school morning. We get a new song as soon as the door opens. Everyone's filing in. It's all um, one shot. I love when they do this. When it moves <laughs> from one scene, she loves cinema seamlessly like into the next scene, but it's all one movement by the cameraman. Thank we you for explaining this to and us. And we're, we're getting, we're really getting the lay of the land here. Phoebe Connell's like, film school. Absolutely. And he, like, I can't, but I can't get over him, like, leaning on the on the door, just watching her walk away. Like, bruh, everyone can see you, especially Hannah, Hannah Marin. <laughs> she looks those two up and down like they fully just had sex in that classroom. She is like, man. She's like, note to self, ask Arya how big his dick is. <laughs> Boyfriend reveal. It's pretty underwhelming for most. <laughs> yeah, we have um, Sean comes up to Hannah, and honestly, they look like siblings. And so do Ben and Emily. <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's definitely giving, like, listen, I'm a Swifty. I'm sure that will be revealed on the podcast. But it's giving, like, Joe Alwyn and Taylor Swift. That's true. Your boyfriend look. I mean, Anthony and I are identical twins. You guys look nothing alike, but like <laughs> Taylor and Joe actually look. No, they do. Yeah, like they could have had the same parents for sure. So Hannah and Sean walk away. But what we really need to get to is Emily and Ben, the worst guy on oh, earth. Oh, absolutely. But also, I'm actually just putting this together. Of like, Ben has a habit of wanting to like sneak up on Emily and like. Yeah, he's fucking creepy. He, like, wants to trap her into having to have these physical mo- which I guess that checks out. Maybe Yeah, because he can't. Well, here's the thing. We've got a couple of things going on here. Like, number one, she is obviously resisting all the time. I- I'm actually getting the sense that maybe she didn't used to. She probably was, But we like, know that they've had sex before. Oh, really? Not at this moment in time, but soon we do. Oh. Yes. Okay. It's when Allie goes, shy on the streets. Sexy in the sheets. That's what Allie says to her when Emily says that they had sex. Well, Emily says they had sex. I guess we don't really know. Emily could have just said that. But I honestly, so here's my, like, my theory on this. So Ben is, like, an extremely overtly, like, sexual, like, slimy guy. Like, he, he, we are constantly seeing him say shit that's, like, if anyone's boyfriend said that, they would be horrified. And it's, like, to his girlfriend, like, it would be Obviously not okay, but, like, if he was, like, with his buddies, and he, he makes a comment about Maya, where he's like, what kind of jammies do you think she wears? And it's wears? like, you're saying this to your girlfriend? Like, if, if Emily did like you, she would be, like, so hurt and, like, jealous by that. Like, what? Yeah. why the hell? Like, why and do it's you like care? it's, like, something you say to somebody to make them insecure, which I think is what he's trying to do. I think he honestly says that kind of thing so that she tries harder to be like, well, you know, like me, because he's, like, not getting what he needs from her. She does later in the episode, I guess. Yeah. He's not getting what he needs from her. And that's not, like, her fault, but that's just, you know, and he doesn't, like, react the right way. But I think that's kind of, like, what's going on there. And I honestly wonder if 
you know, obviously we know Emily and Allie had whatever kind of relationship they had. We're learning that. But I don't think Emily, like Emily hasn't had any female relationships in the past year. So she's probably like really been diving into her relationship with Ben so that no, like she's like, okay, you know what? That was just a fluke. Like I'm straight. I'm with Ben. And now we have Maya who is no qualms about showing that she's like very fluid in her sexuality or, or, you know, I don't, I don't, she's bisexual. I guess we're gathering that. They never really say. She has a boyfriend, but she's obviously hitting on Emily. Yeah. And it's like, I think Emily now is like, I, I, she I doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know what to do with this because she's like, on one hand, I really am like conflicted because I'm into this girl. But on the other hand, like I have this boyfriend who I have to at least perform like I like, but it's getting harder and harder to do. And it's not even like she's dating like a Sean. No. Like or a like nice a sweet guy. guy. Yeah. She's dating like the actual devil. Yes, literally. So I feel like she is trying to like overcompensate. Or I think he's picking up on it and he's trying to like get her to be more affectionate because she's not being affectionate enough. And she's probably like, I haven't like had feelings like this and now I kind of have the ick for you. Like I feel like she yeah, has the I agree with that. Though. I don't know that as much thought went into her picking Ben as like I think it just happens that he's also like a douchebag. But oh, like they're both on the swim team. Well, I think it was probably in the relationship. And I bet that like when they were before they started dating people like uh, their friends and people around them were probably like oh you guys like yeah are both really good on the swim team but i feel like what's going on is like once they got into the relationship they probably had sex within the last year and now ben's like hell yeah like i'm i'm probably one of the only guys right now that's like having a lot of sex because emily's trying so hard to be like i'm straight i'm straight and now she's like pulled back in a major way and so he feels like he's like i think that's why like the sliminess is amped up i'm not i don't think he necessarily like there was any thought put into it but it's just like kind of i think probably like something is just happening in his subconscious but he's like his true colors are just coming out and i don't think emily gives a fuck about his true colors or she didn't for the past year because she was like i just need somebody hot who is it's convenient we can have sex and like everyone will think I'm straight. I don't really care what his personality is like. Yeah. You know? And Fair I don't think enough. he really cares what her personality is like either, honestly. No, not at all. He probably doesn't even know her name. <laughs> Deep dive on Ben and Emily. <laughs> Check. So, we leave them. Well, all the boyfriends basically leave. They all get to class. And we just have Emily, Aria, Spencer, and Hannah in the hallway. Everybody's made it to class except these four. They keep meeting like this. And over the loudspeaker, we hear that they all need to come to the office. Um, and the scariest voice imaginable. It's like a haunted house fucking voice. But also the scariest feeling in the world, and all four of them are getting pulled yeah, to the office together. the scariest together. feeling in the world, getting your name called over the loudspeaker It is. Are you kidding? School. I can think of scarier feelings. <laughs> well, I mean, like, in... I, especially in this show. In the high school, that's a pretty scary thing so the four girls are left they all turn to face the direction they'd have to walk to get to the office and it wouldn't be the end of the scene without the a text yeah we get our first a message of the episode and it says dead girls walking that's a death threat i would report that shit immediately (laughs) good thing i'm already on the way to the principal's office (laughs) and we're gonna find out detective wilden is waiting for them so the girls go and see Detective Wilden, have a little chat with him. He is not buying their story. I feel like it's like he's making some strong accusations. Oh, for sure. He's literally like kind of accusing them of 
killing her. Or do having something to do or with what happened to her knowing for sure. more than they're letting on. He mentions that their story seems so in sync. It's like rehearsed from what they said last summer. They're giving him so much attitude also, which like, yes, he's a dick, but he's also a detective and they're like supposed to be kids. I just think they're ballsy. And Spencer is such a know-it-all. She's like, is this an interrogation? I know. She's like, honestly, she's just like the type of kid that would like definitely get the shit bullied out of her. Also, I do need to say this. Dead giveaway that Troy and Belisario is much older than these other girls is that she's the only one who has Botox. Her forehead does not move, girl. It doesn't move. All their foreheads are like moving all they have all these emotions and they're moving and like wrinkles like they should be not Spencer. I never noticed that. She for sure. She's not like that much older than these girls at the point of filming. She's like 30. No, she's like 24. Yeah, she's Botox. Sorry, sorry for calling you out, Troyan. Big no, big fan whatever. Of you. Everyone has Botox. Love you, girl. I want Botox. Spencer Stan. I have two start. wrinkles in my forehead. I do. Anyway, anyway so that um, scene ends. We go back into the cafeteria, and the girls are having lunch, talking about what that was like to be seen guilty again. The same old conversations. Honestly, this is very. It's running very parallel to the Apple Rose Grill conversation yeah, because. And I- this has all really brought them so much closer. They're si- I, I wonder if everyone in the lunchroom was like, oh, they're like the they're gang's back, to back together. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'd notice. Like, man, they're happy she's dead. Don't you think, like, where's Mona? Isn't Mona pissed right now? Yeah, I would be. For sure. Where's Maya? Well, Maya have other... Maya's not, li- Maya's not gonna hang out with these girls. That's so true. She's we'll not we'll like get there girls. later. She's not like other girls, for sure. So... Clack, clack, clack. Their conversation is interrupted again by a similar sound. And... Jenna is, well, Hannah makes it known to the entire cafeteria, actually, that Jenna's back in school. Oh, my God. So loud. And I I think we just have to reiterate over and over again. She is blind and not deaf, bitch. She can hear you. Especially with Hannah, because later on, she had one of Hannah's best lines in the entire series is when they, I don't even know what season it's in, but Hannah says the words, guys, she can't hear us. She's blind. Oh, my God. <laughs> I actually think I remember this. Because they're, like, walking down the street and, like, being so loud. And they're like, Hannah. She's like, guys, she can't hear us. You know what? Ashley Vincent's really good at acting. <laughs> she it's is. like a very dumb blonde. She's, she owns it a lot. But um, So, yeah. Hannah's- Aria, without consulting literally uh, not anyone. Not a person. Oh, my God. Would you kill her? I'd be pissed. Especially after the last time they saw Jenna. And they all just, without... A word decided they were going to disperse. Yeah, Aria, immediately. This is, this is very out of left field, random behavior. I can't imagine making a decision like inviting the girl that I blinded to sit with us at lunch. In this scene, I do think the girls finally get confirmation that that A is not Jenna. I think that was kind of something they were dancing around thinking about, but they all their phones rang at the table with Jenna. Jenna somehow, without even missing it all, picks up Spencer's phone. I'm like, bitch, how can you see where her <laughs> phone is? Picks up the phone. like, are you going to get that? All the girls have a text from A that says, if only she could see how guilty you look. So the idea is that, number one, it must be someone in the cafeteria. And number two, it can't be Jenna because she's sitting right there. She couldn't have sent that text, right? Yeah. I think that, and I would probably rule Jenna out at this point, but I don't think the girls have because 
I just think this episode is really meant to reiterate the point that we cannot be sure. Nothing rules anybody out. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, if it's not Jenna at this point, it could definitely be Toby, and they could yeah. be in on it together. If right. you know they're getting texts like this, it could be something that they're doing together. So um, I guess it doesn't completely rule her out, but I would assume at this point it isn't Jenna. So we're back in English class. Mona walks in. She's late. Mona and Mr. Fitz have a strange moment where neither of them know each other's names. Ha ha ha. But what really is the point of this scene is that on the board it says innocence question mark. Aria walks in, slaps a paper down on Mr. Fitz's desk. Declined. declined. She's going to be stuck in that class. And they're both happy about it, even if they don't want to admit it. Yes. Aria's being a little bashful when she sits she's down. She's a little like, bashful. Like, but she gives a little smile. And he's like, this has just rocked his world. Best day ever. He's so happy. Um, but we immediately transition into an after-school scene with Hannah and Sean and the Marin house. We met Sean a little bit earlier, but we get a better picture of what their relationship looks like now. Sean and Hannah knew each other for a long... They've known each other for a long time, and Hannah's always had a crush on him. And she's nervous that Sean still sees her for the girl that she was <laughs> before Allie past and before she when she was still hefty hannah i've said it before i had a very similar relationship in high school slash college with someone i was like best friends with and then you know it was not super cute yet when we started being best friends yeah i, I definitely got super cute <laughs> but then later on like i feel like i always had in the back of my head like uh i don't know if you like me as much as I want you to like me. Right. And as much as, like, I, I just feel like you still in the back of your head think of me that way. And, and that's what Hannah says. She said, yeah. do you like me like that? Do you still see me as that girl or something like that? And yeah. he goes, I liked that girl. And I like this girl. He says, I liked that girl just like I like this girl. Which I'm like, that's not <laughs> and like, a no, like, this is the same girl, buddy. Let's you just. You like us the same <laughs> way? Like, that's what I'm scared of. <laughs> Hello. But um, we also know that Sean's dad is a pastor. Yes. So. He's pretty religious. Hannah's, like, trying to get down and dirty. It's, really? like, 4 p.m. on a school day, and Hannah's, like, trying to put him in the mood. Yes. Clearly, he's not into it, like, right off the bat. Well, that only makes her want it more because she's, like, I think she still has something to prove. She's always going to feel Fair. like that as a former hefty Hannah. doesn't matter what situation she's in. So all these little digs she's giving to the other girls, like, these moments of, I have to have the perfect clothes. I'm going to steal this stuff. Like, it's all just she has something to prove. And same with Sean. She's, like... If he has sex with me, then that confirms for me that I am not hefty Hannah to him anymore. Unfortunately, she's just picked the wrong guy because as much as she... She should have gotten with freaking Ben. I know, literally. As much as she... Yeah, that would have been perfect. Emily would have been so happy with Sean. We never would have been any sexual pressure, except Sean would have probably condemned her. But yeah, so Sean's just like not into it. And my favorite line of this whole episode, Mrs. Marin comes home and she's like, hey, uh, tell your dad I'm so sorry I haven't... We haven't been getting to church every Sunday. And he goes, hey, he understands. He works on weekends, too. So embarrassing. <laughs> and he goes, nice pastor humor. <laughs> but the whole, this whole situation, all the jokes are interrupted by a knock on the door. Detective Bolden walks right on in there with an empty bag that he says is yeah. filled with Thai takeout. He's like, Thai food, and it's completely empty. He puts it, you know, he literally puts it down on the counter, and it swings back and forth because it's completely empty. You can, like, hear the air in it. You the know gust how, of wind like, hits how a paper bag right. sounds? Yeah. 
It's literally and, nothing in it um, at all. Mrs. Marin goes, it's time for Sean to leave. <laughs> Which is classic mom shit. <laughs> hey, hey, it's time for it's time for her to go home. Is it are you ever <laughs> it's fitting for the Marin household scenes? I'm gonna cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no. At least let me hear it. Maybe <laughs> I have a future. All right. Now we're back in the Apple Rose Grill. Oh, is it the same restaurant? Yeah. There's only one in Rosewood. For sure? I mean, no. Hollis Bar Where's the Thai restaurant? Put that on your freaking map. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have kind of an awkward encounter between Spencer and her dad. She's reading like a gigantic magazine at the dinner table. Her dad's on his phone. And she's like, I figured out what class I'm going to take at Hollis. Well, we never find out. And I want to know what class it is. Probably Spencer. design. Probably what would make you happy? I w- oh, probably design. Because then she talks about it with Ren later. Oh, okay. Anyway, we just get such a such a glimpse into the truth of the Hastings family. She says, it's not for credit, Dad. It's for fun. And he and says, he laughs. what's the point of that? And chuckles. But let me just say, Peter Hastings. Could get it. He's so hot. Oh, my God. I've always had such... He's my favorite dad in this whole show. And I know a lot of people feel that way about Mr. Fields. But Mr. Hastings... I don't even remember. Oh, we haven't seen him. He doesn't come... He doesn't really come in until later, right? No. Not until she comes out and disaster oh, right, strikes. Away. I forgot this. Anywho, Aria walks in, which is the... It's so pointless that she even comes into this restaurant to pick up takeout for her family. But... What I can't with is Spencer, like, how weird was that lunch? And Arya's like, on a scale from 1 to 10, I'd say an 11. Like, Bitch, th- you brought her over there. Completely avoidable, Arya. Why Spencer didn't- was fishing here. She was like, that lunch was really freaking weird, wasn't it? Fuck you, Arya. Like, read between the lines. <laughs> and Arya's like, yeah, that was crazy. I can't believe she sat with us. That's crazy. But that's really, like, the only thing that happens in that interaction, so I don't even know why they included it. But Spencer goes back to the table, and she's like, I'll have a vodka soda. Like, she's just full of gusto after that interaction. So fucking weird. And so Mr. Hastings and Melissa, they're like, "Uh, she's joking. They're, like, horrified. And the waiter's face also, another excellent (laughs) extra acting This is your moment. The actor playing the waiter is like, (gasps) (gasps) if you can take from the sounds we're making what our faces look like, that's (laughs) what he was doing. And so Mr. Hastings and Melissa order the house cab. And Ren decides he's going to order a vodka soda. I think it's important to note, though, also how Melissa orders her house cab, which, one, I'm surprised. Okay, let me break down all these drink orders. I'm surprised Mr. Hastings ordered the house cab. House cab typically is the cheapest cab you have. I'm surprised he wasn't like, I'll have the da-da-da-da, and, like, chose something a little bit fancy. And then Melissa perks up, I'll have the same as my father. Well, first of all, the waiter doesn't know you. So, I mean, he might have put the pieces together, but stop acting like everyone knows your father. Number two, it's, like, this this just inherent need of Melissa to just be better than everyone and make everyone so happy and or will make her dad so happy. And make like, everybody else miserable. Yeah, like, I'm so much like you, Dad. I'm so great. Do you love me now? Like, that's totally the... Oldest child energy there. Um, and yeah, Ren really, like, honestly, very bold move. When he's like, I actually will have one. And Spencer, like, gives him this look. And it's, like, it's like already. It's, like, uh, first of all, it's really bright in this restaurant. Second of all, you are right across from your father and Ren's fiance. So I don't understand Yeah, and he why orders having- it, like, as if he's saying, like, yeah, you can have some. Like, that's the. Yeah. And then that's what happens. You're having this freaking. Anyway. 
So their their dinner is honestly a lot like my my huddles at work, where everyone goes around and says their wins for the day or the week, and like if you don't have something, it's like you just better fucking make something up. And so Melissa has her wins, Mr. Hastings has his, and Ren is prompted to share his, and it's that he got a really good parking spot. Right. And Much as to Melissa's disdain. as this is all happening, Ren doesn't really have a grasp on like what exactly the game is at first. So Melissa and Mr. Hastings go first, and as they are going, Ren moves his, his vodka soda over to the other side and, like, keeps it in his hand, nudges it to Spencer, and Spencer very slightly, while maintaining eye contact with her father, picks it up, takes a sip. What is a sip going to do? What the fuck is the point? It's true, and it's, it, well, it's just, it's the rebellion. Right. That's what it is for Spencer, but it's just so funny because... There's a part of Spencer that so badly wants to be like Melissa and wants right. like her parents to love her the way they love Melissa, but then she just like does this shit over and mm-hmm. over again. And like, it's so overtly flirtatious. Like I know, and it's Ren, so, what like, the fuck are you, you are doing? Less than three feet away from like your sister, who is his fiance and your father. Like I, even if you weren't flirting with her fiance, you are underage. You can't be drinking. Like it's or all even just a if you were just like a guy, like flirting at that level in front of your father, no matter the relationship. How uncomfortable! That, I would you would, couldn't pay me enough. It's it's a wild wild dinner, and, and we just are already seeing again these cracks in the relationship. Like Melissa's really clearly in this relationship for appearances, and Ren is not doing his job right. because. He says the parking thing, and she's like, he's kidding! He's kidding! He's joking! Huh? Like, she's, like, horrified that that would be his win when it's just, like, that he's cracking a fucking joke, Melissa. Exactly. Ever heard of one? No. Least funny person um, ever. So, yeah. We cover this Hastings dinner. Now we're going to move to Emily and Maya. Uh, Maya is staying at the Fields house. Hashtag school night. School night sleepover. Those were, I was like so hyped when I got to have a, because it was always like a special circumstance. But I, oh my God, you want, you want to know something. Sure. When I was in third grade, I had to have three school night sleepovers with this one girl who like, I don't know why mom didn't ask like my best friend at the time. It was this girl that I was like really not friends with. We were like in like orchestra together. The first night I was like, this is going to be so fun. We were both really into reading. We both like read, you know. It sounds like a Spencer Hastings sleepover. I know, but I wasn't third grades like it's not like there were other options but we were so excited by night two i literally hid in the bathroom because i could not stand this bitch i was so annoyed (laughs) with her i was like this is the worst i just want my mom to come home i was so and then i had another night i wonder if maya and emily are gonna have a similar thing the answer is (laughs) no um so maya's kind of like looking around emily's room emily's just watching her look around her room and Uh, and emily's checking her out So Maya is looking around Emily's room and is like, oh, you like to win. That's why you and Spencer get along so well. Emily, freaking also not like other girls. Blah, is like, bland. She's like, yeah, winning's good. But if I try my best, sounds good to me. She's like, if I try my best, I'm usually happy with the outcome. Out, outcome. The outcome. Shay, please try harder. Try I, harder, I love Shay. you so much. No hate, but like try harder. Like, girl, come on. Uh, anyway. But Maya has, you know, another classic pick me line. She's like, Ali was always in the middle. I really run from these kinds of girls, you know, queen bees. And Emily's like, you don't seem like you run from anything, which we, we quickly move into. So what side? What side? Oh, no. She says, do you have a side? Which like, is you like, what the fuck does that and mean? And Emily's like, uh-huh. And she's like, of the bed, dumbass. Like, Maya Maya's looks like, at Emily like she's so stupid. for Like, Maya has said multiple things 
these past couple interactions they've had with each other where Emily is not acting stupid. Like, she's like, what? She's having a very normal response exactly. to the weird Maya's thing Maya like, says. Of the bed, you bitch. <laughs> Emily's like, oh, I was going to, like, blow up an air mattress for you. Like, <laughs> She's like, oh, my mom was, like, not we, okay with us sleeping in the we, same like, bed. We, like, made up the guest room for you if that works. <laughs> yeah, like, Emily doesn't have another bed for her to sleep in. Imagine if Mrs. Fields comes in. She's like, oh, Maya, let me show you the guest room. She's like, no, 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 I'd prefer to sleep in Emily's bed <laughs> with Emily. <laughs> like, I'm sure Mrs. Fields would just have a... Have a <laughs> field day with that no fun intended <laughs> anyway um emily's like well i kind of sleep in the middle and my was like mm, yeah me too i also kind of sleep in the middle tonight <laughs> like and emily is so not uncomfortable not bothered like she's just kind of like mm-hmm. which is an unusual reaction i think for someone who is like kind of struggling with coming to terms with their sexuality and you're like not like i i would think she'd have kind of the opposite response but i guess she's good for her so then they finally go to sleep and maya is so bold she's fully the big spoon we have to give it to her she fully yeah and she goes so far as to put her hand on Emily's hip, which is like that's kind of like a there's no bones about it. Like right. it's, she is it's very flirting. Clear. It's a pass. And Emily gives it back. She puts her hand on top of Maya's hand. So that's like I think the first like real moment between them where they've both made a move that's overtly Right, and if it hadn't been for the A-text we're about to discuss, I think it would have continued, whereas, like, the kiss that happened in the pilot, they weren't, like, when that happened, they were like, oh. Yeah. They both felt really uncomfortable about it, but this would be more. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like. It's the middle of the night. mm -hmm. Well, actually, let's discuss this. This has to be 8 p.m. Oh, yeah. Emily is in bed at, like, 8 p.m. We're talking about this scene, like, we decided just to do this Hastings dinner and then the Emily Maya scene. But the way that they are shown in the in the actual episode is, like, we switch back and forth, insinuating that these are happening at the same exact time, which means that Emily and Maya are going to sleep while Spencer and her family are fully at, like, an 8 p.m. dinner. <laughs> Aria just picked up takeout for her family, and Emily and Maya are in bed. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, they're, like, barely in REM sleep. and They're not in sleep at all. <laughs> well, Emily's certainly not. Emily can't get a wink of sleep. And we, uh, as soon as Emily touches Maya's hand, her phone rings, and she has to get up. Miraculously, Maya doesn't wake up, which I find bizarre. I'd be up and out. I think Maya's probably pretending to be asleep so that Emily's not, like, so that there's oh, no awkwardness fair. right now. Like, oh, we, we just pretend it never happened. That's we were true, that's sleep. true. And so she reads the text, and it says, did you get a goodnight kiss? Here's one from me. X-O-A. So, so Mrs. Fields is A. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> but, I mean, really, th- this gets, I mean, whoever it is is watching them through the window. Oh, absolutely. Toby Kavanaugh. Oh. Burr. I see you. <laughs> I see you. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. What an amazing delivery. Sasha Peters, uh, Emmy incoming. So, Hannah is wearing, like, pink Sophie shorts. And if you are of my generation, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Even mine. Oh, I really? wore those, okay, but okay. maybe mine were hand-me-downs. So maybe maybe they're like these cotton, yeah. like short shorts that came in every color, and then they had like a band that you would roll over, and it said Sophie on right. them, and everyone was like, "I'm wearing my Sophies," blah blah. So she's wearing like pink Sophies, 
And she's wearing like a pink and blue and white striped tank. And it's all so tight. Like I can't like she slept in that. Horrible. How uncomfortable. And I also was like thinking about this when we watched this episode. I can't remember a time in my high school career or any like maybe elementary school is the only time I can think of a morning where I'd come downstairs in my PJs before like for breakfast before I had oh, changed. Never. And like my my outside well, clothes. I, look, I have to leave for school at seven twenty-five. I'm waking up at seven seventeen. <laughs> oh my god, I don't do a science like exactly how much time I need. Absolutely, and I can do my mascara in the car. I was never coming down in my PJs. No, I was I barely was like, sleeping in my PJs. I was like, save I mean, time, sleep in your clothes. Not healthy habits, but like I would just walk, get a cup of coffee to go, and then immediately out the door. Absolutely, because I'd rather get the period, extra like, like four minutes of sleep. I know. Absolutely, was just I would take a cliff bar, eat a couple bites of it. It's too early to eat, frankly. I agree. There was a girl in my grade who every morning she would have like a full spread. Like like she would get up every morning and make herself pancakes, eggs, bacon. What? All before school. And I was like barely having like a Honey Nut Cheerio like before I was out the door. But that's essentially what's happening with Hannah. And Hannah walks into the kitchen thinking that her mom is making these eggs and bacon like for her and her mom. And then she realizes that Wilden is in her kitchen. She's in her PJs. Her s- she's scantily clad in these PJs. Yeah, again, they're very tight. And it's like, obviously, it wouldn't matter typically when you just come down and it's your mom in the kitchen. But Detective Wilden goes, hey, over easy on my eggs, all right? So rude. Sucks. So rude. And Hannah's like, gives her, again, incredible eye and eyebrow acting. She gives her a, are you fucking kidding me look? It's amazing. Yeah. But then we have another fucking horrible Ben scene. He is just the most despicable, deplorable character. So Ben is driving Emily and Maya to school after the school night sleepover. And Ben's like, so Maya, now that you slept in the same bed as Emily, you've gotten farther with her than me. Is there anything I need to know? Like, what a fucking dick comment. Absolutely. He But also, sucks. so then they have not had sex. Well, listen, if there's one thing we're going to learn about Marlene King and these writers inconsistent they love a plot hole okay this is one of them because we do get confident unless emily lied okay okay but it's made to seem like the whole school is talking about the fact that emily and ben had well i mean maybe and honestly i don't think he's a sweet but he could mean just that like he has never slept with her like literally like gotten to sleep oh yeah maybe but that's more of like a sweet like intimate thing and not like a like horn dog thing which i think is all he thinks about and, he, and that's not the only thing he says. What else does he say? He's like, uh, did you guys sleep well last night? Because I know I wouldn't have. I know I wouldn't have, yeah. And Maya goes, Maya's like so sick of him. He's She's she ready to get out of the car. Him. And she goes, I don't kiss and tell or something like that. I don't know about Emily, but I slept like a baby. And then she like grabs Emily's back and Emily gives her a look like, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> Emily is furious <laughs> that Maya would touch her in front of Ben. And Ben's like, em- Emily, we're just joking. We're just joking. And Emily decides that she's going to absolutely, like, jump his bones at 8 a.m. Exactly. At 8 a.m. It's like that TikTok sound that's like, it's 7 in the morning. It is 7 in Literally. the morning. And like, Ben, I just, I just know gross Ben is the type that, like, would forget to brush his teeth in the morning. And she's, like, making out with him. Like, Fully. the plaque build up. And the entire swim team, lacrosse team, baseball team, football team, everybody's out there, and they start banging on the hood of his car. Rude. Taking one. photos as if they know it's Shay Mitchell in that car <laughs> making out with someone. Sell it to the paps. And they get out of the car, and Hannah <laughs> delivers. Someone's like, you're looking good. And she goes, are you talking to me? 
She's like, no, 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 no. I know you're not fucking talking to me. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You're not talking to me. And then she struts away in the ugliest outfit you've ever the seen. Ugliest fucking outfit. She and these, like, she loves a collar or something, whether it's a blazer or jacket. But, but like, this, this isn't instance, even like a half jacket. No, this. It's is, like an eighth of a jacket. This is an ultra cropped brown, fake leather jacket <laughs> over a like. Lime, lime green, green tank but it's like a long again business long, casual type of yeah, tank the long top. tanks and shirts were really in for some reason which i'm thank god they aren't anymore Horrible. They and full flattering. blowout again yeah so always the full blow but then she's got these like big gaudy silver hoops on and like the shirt is super embellished it's just all too much it's too much like yeah i don't know and so she's talking she's like emily i would have never pegged you for like the pda type and emily goes they love giving emily these like loaded lines that are like yeah they mean one cryptic. thing and then it's ev- the audience is like oh my god emily goes well maybe i'm not who everybody thinks i am and it's like girl you aren't and but no emily does love, but you are boring she loves to get these zingers like in episode one she's talking to her mom and she's like some people don't dream of making it in rosewood some people dream of making it out <laughs> So like she like she loves it's these like lines where Emily, she's like I'm like, not what you think I'm not like you. It's like the thing is that Emily walks around like she would rather fall out of a plane than people know the truth. But then yeah. she like says shit like this and it's like Emily. Well, I think she's probably feeling bold after last night, Fair. right? And then she just had like a steamy makeout with her boyfriend. So I think she's like on probably a little bit of an adrenaline high in this moment. Mm, yes, 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 yes. But anyway, I digress. So we're walking into school. Which would lead the audience to believe it's eight in the morning. Nine at the latest. Think again, because we're about to see Ezra Fitz, the teacher, Aria, yeah. <laughs> Aria and her mother at the movies. I, uh, and it's baffling. It's baffling to me. It's baffling. And this scene is actually even more baffling than it just the, the time, the timeline. This is like a cursed scene. Like it is truly the most unrealistic uncomfortable like if, just bizarre scene if ever. my mom did this regardless of if i was hooking up with my teacher well we actually showed our mom this scene and she like scoffed so loud at this part we're about to get to um but basically we're we're, we're at a movie theater like a a nice little like classic montgomery and fit style For sure, like not a, like other people no it's like a vintage right like, you know, it's only, only showing shows, like, one oldies. movie. Yeah, yeah. Only and like seven seasons. It just so theater. happens to be one of Ezra's favorite movies, and of course, one of Arya's favorites as well. Arya is waiting for her mom, and Ezra walks up and is like, Arya, he's in a hoodie and ripped jeans. What are the freaking odds? Of course, they're seeing what is the movie? It happened one night. I think that's what it was yes, called. Yes, yes. Um, so they're they're about to see it happen one night, and wouldn't you know it? It's both of their favorite movie. Of course, Rock of the Century. They're Starcrossed lovers. Oh and Ella Montgomery shows up. It looks almost like Arya and Mr. Fitz were like gonna have a little morning movie date, you know? And then Ella yes. shows up. Um, and they do the little introduction and Ella's like, Well, you didn't tell me he was so young. I would slap the sh- I would not slap the shit out of my mom, but I would be so fucking mad if my, my mom, mom was like so that. Embarrassing. In front of him, I'd be like, um, of course I didn't tell you that, mom. Like, I didn't notice how young he is. I'm not looking. He's my teacher. Exactly. Mom. And then it gets worse, but thankfully this part isn't in front of Ezra. They they both, Ezra goes into the movie theater. They follow, su- or no, because Ezra checks Arya out. Mrs. Montgomery and Arya walk into the movie theater and Ella goes, you also forgot to mention the really cute part. 
And Arya's like, Mom, stop. I would, Let's just go and leave. She, he's my teacher. I would never look at him that way. She's like, anyway. Oh, my God. And Ezra, like, fully looks Arya and her mom up and down as they walk into the movie theater. Yeah, he has honestly no shame. But he does that in school, too. So I don't know why we're surprised. Yeah, so they walk into the movie theater that has approximately six seats. And... And they're the only ones there, but really probably because there's only room for them. Exactly. So, Arya, so w- what we're saying is that there are empty seats. There are plenty of places for Ezra to sit that aren't where he's about to be asked to sit. He walks in. Ella and Arya are already sitting down. And Mrs. Montgomery does the unthinkable. She sees him and goes, Ezra, come sit with us. Not even like, would you like to sit? Like, it's like, come sit with us. What is he going to fucking say? No. Literally. And he's alone. So it's not like he can be like, oh, no, I'm meeting people. I know. Literally. Yeah. Because also the theater's empty. (laughs) Yeah. And and so he goes in and it's like, also, let's say we live on Mars and a situation like that would happen. You would think Arya and her mom would stand up because they are sitting right on the aisle. So you would think that they might get up, move in one seat so that Ezra can sit on the aisle so that he doesn't have to then stick his ass in both Ella and Arya's face and then sit next to Arya, which is, like, a little bit odd. No, he, they don't move. So he goes and sits next to Arya where they can have lots of sexual tension. It's like the first night you're hanging out with a boy and you're watching a movie and you're like, will we, won't we? It's that moment of, like, our hands are, like, inching closer to each other. They're having that moment in a public movie theater next to her mother because of her mother. And not to forget, Ezra is seven feet taller than Arya, and he walks in, and he just, like, slouches his arm on, deliberately brushes Arya's hand, and then it's like, oh, and then Mrs. Montgomery passes the popcorn. Also, like, very weird. Like, why are we just sharing so many, like, drinks and food? I just don't think we need to be doing this. But another thing with this movie theater being so small is that the projector is super, super bright. So it's almost like they're watching a movie, like, in broad daylight. Like, it's that bright inside the theater. So there's just no way Ella wouldn't have seen it. Like, if it was a dark movie theater, that's one thing. You can probably be, like, a little bit bold. Um, Not in this movie theater. No. It's, like, completely lit up by the projector. So and it's, it's like, sometimes when you're in a bigger movie theater and there are other people there, like, if you're not focusing on the movie, maybe you're focusing on other people around you. For Mrs. Montgomery, it's the screen or her daughter and the teacher. Yeah, it's just she's a bad parent. They're just bad parents, <laughs> honestly. Oh, like, they're the worst parents they in the show. Well, they're very, they're very informal family. Right, 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 but right. It's just right. like, hello, like, like I sorry, team, pa- team Pam Fields on this one. How are you not picking up on this? And let's just be clear again, because every time you say Team Pam Fields, we need everyone to know we don't mean at this part in the show. No, but I also do mean at <laughs> this part of the show. when. Okay. No, but what I mean is that, like, Pam Fields from the pilot wouldn't, like, I think she is an example of some, okay. Again, like, this is a tie between her and the pilot and her later in the seasons. She has healthy boundaries with her kid. Yeah, she's probably the best, like, parent. Even and that's why we don't like her, because the other parents aren't. We're watching TV parents. We don't want them to be like our parents. And right. she's a little bit more like a real life And it's parent. like, her Pam would not have been like, come sit with us. Come sit next to my teenage daughter. Speak of the devil, Pam Fields is back. She enters her daughter's room. Emily's distraught. This is actually really... Um, it's a sweet scene. It's, well, Sweet's not, not the right word. Sweet. It's yeah, I know. I was gonna say sweet, and I was like, it's not quite right. It's 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 kind of just sad and a little bit. Heartbreaking. It's like that scene with 
when Hannah's watching Allie trying on the yeah. clothes. Like but it's even just, just a like little bit more because Emily's so obviously trying to tell her mom something and her mom is just not seeing it. And yeah. it's not her fault that she's not seeing it, but she just isn't. And so, you know, her mom goes over to talk to her and is assuming she's just upset about Allie. And she is, but then... Emily says, it's not just that. I think there's something wrong with me, which we know, you know, what she means. And it's just that. And her mom's like, oh, no, you lost a dear friend. Like, just basically like, no, don't worry. It's okay to be as sad as you are. Right. Because you lost a dear friend, which is, you know, not the message Emily's trying to send. And it's just, it's sad to watch her trying to communicate that and, and not be able to. But it's just a quick, nice little scene. And. And then we move into a really significant bedroom scene between Spencer and Ren. Yeah, so Ren is walking by Spencer's bedroom. This is the debut of the new Spencer Hastings bedroom. If it's you remember, so much better. Yeah, in the in the pilot, we had like this like dark like red kind of like Victorian haunted yeah. house vibes. cherry wood like canopy. Like bed. no wonder Spencer's so fucking uptight. Yeah. In that so room. this is much more of like. A high school girl. It still like showcases Spencer's personality, but it's, it's much sophisticated more like, enough. She's got a four pillar bed. Like mm-hmm. it's like four post bed. I yeah. Guess but then you go over to the desk area, and there's this bulletin board with all her like awards and the bell schedule, and it's very obvious that she is in fact a kid. And Ren walks by, and literally the first fucking thing out of his mouth is, "Shall I give you another rub?" And it's oh, like Ren, another rub, Ren. Ren! Ren, you should never have given me a rub! Ren, that is disgusting. And don't call it a rub. A rub? Sorry, it's because he's British. Sorry, it's because he's British. He's calls you rub. No, 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 no. Vile. Idiot. Vile. Disgusting. Vile. <laughs> okay, so he says that, and she's like, <laughs> and then they, they get up and they're talking about whatever, and Ren has another zinger. He realizes that she is preparing, I believe, for her design class that she's taking at Hollis. Just for, for fun. fun. And he is like, oh, I didn't know you were into design. And she was like, oh, like, are you? Or whatever. And he goes, I appreciate beauty. <laughs> what, an, what a British accent. I appreciate beauty. <laughs> it's very, like, what's his name? Crockett? No, uh, I don't know. What's his name from Christmas Carol? The kid. Timmy. Tiny Tim? Tiny Tim. Crockett. Wait, there's Crockett? a Crockett? Isn't there a Crockett in there? Cratchit? Cratchit! Is his Crockett. name Tim Cratchit? Like Davy Crockett. Yeah, Tiny Tim Cratchit. Okay. But he's just Tiny Tim. Like I know, but okay. Cratchit and then Tiny Tim. Okay. Crockett! Anyway, I'm giving Tiny Tim. Alas. You're giving like community actor playing <laughs> Tiny Tim. Never had a dialect coach. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's me a, and Shay Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. He says, "I appreciate beauty," and like immediately he leans in. Like he literally, he's what ready a shit to go. Bag. What he a walks in bag. there ready. He knows what he wants. He knew what he wanted. Immediately goes for it. Spencer's like, he's "I'm into loser, you," but like, yeah. what the hell do I do? Like, she's definitely like nervous about it. But also, we know why she's fucking nervous about it. She's done this shit before. <laughs> it's called a pattern of behavior, literally, and that's where. It, and I think honestly, you know, we do see her her family like really take it out on Spencer, and I think that's probably part of the reason why because it's like okay fool me once like the first time it happened like you know we're gonna give you the benefit of the, yeah. doubt. the second time it's like come on but it also is like she's 16 let's no, be I think a little it bit the, like the onus needs to be on both of them but honestly like i get why they're i mean if you did that to me twice it'd be like are you kidding me like stop like 
there's a trend because it's two different people that it's right. happening with, but you are the constant, you know? Yeah. So I think I'm sure, and as the older sister, I'm sure Melissa's like, I don't, fu- I fucking hate you both. Like, I would feel that way. I'd be, I would explode. My head would pop off. But they, like, really go at it. They have, like, right. an intense makeout, and Melissa's walking by smiling with laundry like a domestic goddess. Hair bad. Shirt matching with Ren. <laughs> the, an, a business collared, like, in my head when I think of, like, corporate America, that is a shirt everybody's in. That's why it's so depressing to me. It's, like, that white, horrible white with the thin blue lines, vertical lines pinstripes no but there it's not pinstripes it's like early 2000s it's like an evolution of the pinstripe yeah, no, I know what you mean ugly yeah and depressing and melissa and ren are both wearing it melissa stops dead on her track she can't believe what she's seen in the mirror of spencer's room and girl i can't believe it either honestly we've watched this scene four times now <laughs> in the past like week spencer done fucked up and, and so but she knows she's like she sleeps like a baby li- like Maya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like taking up the entire bed. She sleeps in, literally in the middle of the bed. Her head Best fucking sleep of her life. <laughs> she wakes up. She's like, oh my goodness. Looks out the window. Sees Ren carrying his two belongings. A tennis racket and a cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, And he oh. like doesn't look sad. She's like, oh, that's crazy. He looks One- like, ho-hum, ho-hum. <laughs> like he's like not bothered by this. And Spencer also is like, huh. I was like, I wonder why he's... That's maybe, they, maybe I'm getting to move into the barn. Oh, my God. This is amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, I just can't with, like, the whole world. I'm thinking, like, literally... Like, he's stalking her. Yes. So, essentially, this part, Mona and Hannah are walking from the mall. This time, it looks like they've purchased their items, thankfully. Mona makes a homophobic comment. It's fine. Just throws it out there. Hannah notices that Wilden is leaning up against the car, just watching them walk it's to Mona's so car. so fucking creepy and inappropriate. And Mona's like, you paid for those, it's fine. And Hannah, like, marches over to him. And she's like, look, I will pay for the sunglasses. I don't care what you want me to do. I'll pick up trash on the highway. And he says, I don't care that you and your friends are drinking. So, number one, he knows that they were drinking, even though they didn't tell him that. And two, he's like, I care that you and your pretty little friends know who killed Allison. It's like, don't call them pretty. Also, that is such a big insinuation to make when you have not. There has not been a formal interrogation of a single no, one of the girls. No, and it's like you you aren't allowed to like you're stalking her. You're basically harassing her. You're like bringing shit up about the case and there's like no witness around. Like it's just so like right. botched, botched case. And the harassment gets worse when he says, "Your mom's hot, Hannah." But not hot enough to make this go away. Oh, so you're admitting you're fucking my mom just to make this go away. Like Wilden. You're also calling my mom hot. Like, it's just all, it's just. Like, You're gross. So You're gross, 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 gross. And Mona is waiting. I hate that I'm saying this. But this scene with Arya and Ezra is, like, the best scene in all fucking cinema. <laughs> <laughs> this scene, I think I say this about every Ezra scene. Ezra! But it meant a lot to me <laughs> as a kid. It's like, I really, I really compartmentalized the fuck out of the shows. Like, it's fine. They're supposed to be together. Like, I Romeo and Juliet in my way into Absolutely. supporting this relationship. So, I'm going to, like, continue on with that, like, frame of thinking, though, just for the And you kind of have to because, this, like, yeah. Ezra's not going anywhere. Yeah. So, it's kind yeah. of, like, just buy into it for the show. You have to, yeah. We don't condone... 
this type of relationship. Absolutely not. But yeah, it's like pouring rain. So obviously we're going to get a big romantic scene and Arya's leaving a coffee shop. She's fully an Eponine cosplay. If you <laughs> are a musical theater person or just really anyone with like access to a television, you probably know of Les Mis and the character Eponine who like is like this waif of a girl. And she That's your favorite way to s- describe Arya. Yeah, well, Eponine's also a waif. Like, they're supposed to be that. Well, our Eponine is. But she's always wearing this fucking trench coat that's, like, the waist is, like, cinched, and she's wearing little boots, and she sings the song on my own, and it's pouring rain when she sings it. Aria, so Aria probably read, like, a chapter of Les Mis. Yeah. And in her head now, she just tells everybody she's read it. It's, like, her favorite book. She's, like, no one understands me. I'm, like, Eponine. So she's in full Eponine cosplay with the trench coat. It's pouring rain. And Mr. Fitz drives by, and they have this, like, kind of weird, like, they exchange a weird glance. Like, like at first, as like a, a dirty look. Like, at first, he looks like a dick. I'm yeah. like, wait, are you? They both seem like they, like, broke up, and they, like, hate each other. Yeah, and bit. it's like, you guys have truly known each other for maybe six like days. five minutes. And then he keeps driving, and she's just watching the car, and he stops. And he pushes open the passenger side door. And she runs into the car, and it looks like they're going to drive away. They're going to go somewhere. They no. go about 50 feet. And they stop in the middle of middle the street. Middle of the fucking road. Literally, like... Not far from the center of town, as we'll soon realize. Like, well, it's like, obviously, there are shops around. Like, she just came out of a fucking coffee shop. Right. They're, they haven't even turned a corner. And They're it's on like, the same street. In this small town... Ezra also lives in town, so, like, I'm sure... Knowing how, like, even just our town operates, like, when a new teacher is, like, at the high school or at our elementary school, like, near us, it's, like, people know who that person is, and if they lived yeah. in town, it would be, like... Oh, that's the hot like new yeah. English teacher, and a student just got into his car. Yeah, it's not like he is like flying under the radar. Right, here. I think the only thing they have going for them is that it's pouring down rain, so people aren't out and about, and no one's like, you can't really see like vision is. But like, why not find a parking lot, a parking garage, any sort of place you could go? Honestly, at this point, just like take her back to your house, like. I know he's, like, probably freaked out about, like, oh, a student in my house is, like, well, you're making out with her in your car. She's in so your at car. that point, like, exactly. What, honestly, what's it? So they happens? go on to have, like, one of the hottest makeout scenes yeah, it's ever. A, it's a gorge makeout scene. Ian Harding and Lucy Hale. They have like, intense chemistry. You guys, look, I'm sure you guys are happily I'm living sure your lives. I'm sure they up. But I think you should consider marriage. They're making out. And we cut to Emily sitting alone with a single cup of tea in the Apple Rose Grill again. It's still pouring. And we do see a Toyota Camry pass by the window. I'm just saying I think it's his car. And if it is, the producers of the show. They left no stone. They were artists. Except for all the bottles. Yeah. Um, but Emily's just sitting there very pensively and she has a flashback too. Which I think is like a little bit weird that we didn't get this flashback before since we've been like been talking about the bracelets yeah and you're gonna show us now at the end of the second episode but we get the like um scene of Allie giving all of the girls the bracelets that hannah makes fun of in the very first scene all all the bracelets with their names on them yes and all of them are so excited emily's really excited and Allie is clearly the situation in and of itself is her like trying to continue to like hold on to the control and power she has of the girls but i'm also like if you were really trying to do that why didn't you get them like nicer bracelets they're like they're like string friendship bracelets i think it's kind of cute it has all their names on them she had them made for it just them. doesn't seem like very alley well i don't i think maybe part of it is that i don't know that she really cared about them mm. 
But again, with her trying to manipulate the situation, she looks at Emily, realizes how excited she is about it, and is like, hey, put mine on for me. All the other girls have no trouble getting their own bracelet on. No, and Emily's eyes like flicker, and she and the, she feels the special. Shea, the Shay Mitchell the smirk Shea comes Mitchell out to play smirk for and sure. Flicker. And and Allie did what she always does: is she made her feel really special by right. So we flash back to Emily, and she kind of like it's like oh, like when you have a memory that you don't want to remember. She's like, oh. I think she really looks back on Allie like a like an old lover kind of like yeah. I really just think a lot of these a lot of these moments have that kind of. Definitely to them, and a lot of that's on Allie. Fuck Allie for now. Fuck Allie for a lot of the show. So Miss Eponine rolls back <laughs> into the Montgomery household. She gets home. She's dripping wet. And she's like actually dripping. Yeah, and she's like soaking wet. And her dad is sitting there. And this scene gives me the creeps so much. No, it gives me so much anxiety. Oh, because like there's like too much time where like if that were me, I would be like okay, okay, like. You know what I mean? So her dad's like, Arya, you can't keep doing this. Like, you're lying. Like, whatever. And Arya, you know, is obviously meant to think, oh, he he knows about me and my English teacher. And it looks like for a second she's going to tell him. And thank God he says, you found a way in Iceland to look past it. So he's talking about his own affair. Because he's Meredith. selfish and so, oh, he's such a narcissist. But also, thank God he was talking about his affair. Not oh, Arya's. for sure, for sure. Arya sits down and she's like, "Were you in love with her?" Like all this stuff, and he's like, "I cared really deeply about her." Yeah, he's not saying any of the right things because initially she's like, "Are you seeing her again?" And he goes, "She works at Hollis." It's like, no, buddy. The answer is no. Just say like, "No, I'm not seeing her romantically." Like, but it's exactly. But like, she's you know, she but does the first work. First answer there. should be no, for sure. And then the I, like just and also just fucking lie, dude. Were you in love with her? Like, lie. Say of course. Dude, not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter what your high school daughter thinks. No, just because eventually you're gonna have that conversation with your wife. That's fine. You sh- you need to tell her the truth. But like right now, Arya c- just just needs to hear really what she wants to hear, and you need to be not so fucking dense as to not realize that. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, but... Ella and Mike walk into the house with... Chinese food. And Ella and got her Kung Pao. Yeah, her fave. And Byron does this, like, pick-me thing. He goes... He looks at Arya. You're not going out tonight? Which, like, has she been going on every night? Because Literally. I've missed it if she has For been. sure. I hate when parents do that. No, if, Sorry, mom and dad. Yeah, I if mom and dad are <laughs> listening, because dad does this all the time. I hate when they're, like... You never spend time with us or like, but it's not like you're not actually not spending time with them. It's like you want to go hang out with your friends and they're like, it pisses me off. Yeah, that's exactly, though, not wanting to spend time with them. <laughs> like, it's not wanting to spend It's like they want to hang out with you and you want to go be with your friends. It's not. <laughs> anyway, but um, so Arya is like, I got to go change. Thank God. She said my mom would have beat my oh, no. ass if been I immediately sat in the down. shower. Oh, my God. If I sat down. On the furniture, and I was as wet as Arya's in the scene. My mom would literally have me dead. At Game over. Yeah, but so Arya's like finally gonna go change, and she gets a text from A, of course, and it reads, "When students kiss teachers, someone gets hurt." All caps. That's a promise I'll keep. Dot dot dot. A. Ooh, and again, we get that it could be meaning th- a couple things. We got a couple, and it's also like. Now the texts from A are becoming a little bit more like dead girls walking. Someone gets hurt. It's like. Yeah, a little bit more threatening. What? And a little bit more frequent, too, yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, yeah, it's getting. And they're, and they're just continuing to get more and more personal as well. And um, 
I would be shitting my pants if I was these girls at this time. So we get to our final scene, and it is Spencer, of course, fitting in a little run. She has her iconic bright orange iPod shuffle clipped to her blue hoodie, and she's running, and she turns a corner and stops dead in her tracks because... She sees Jenna on a bench, and it's like, it had just freshly, like, poured rain. Like, you can see puddles of water on the ground, (laughs) and Jenna is sitting on a on a bench that has to be sopping wet. She's just sitting. Yeah. She's always just sitting somewhere by herself. It's like, go do something or, like, have someone with you. But anyway, Spencer turns the corner and, like, stops. And the other thing is, like, Spencer, you could have just literally run right past her. She never would have known you were there. You never would have had to, like, interact with her. You just made this incredibly dramatic, Spencer. It did not have to be. But as a viewer, we're all like, well, thank God she did because as she stopped, it gives us the opportunity to hear Jenna speak into her phone, send text. Which is pretty big because we also just saw Arya get a text. So it's like, oh, like. Did she send that one? She sent it. more. And it kind of leaves us on this because Early in the episode, we were like, okay, A can't be Jenna. And now we're leaving the episode going into episode three being like, well, actually, A could really be anybody. Yeah, and they're definitely leaving us on a note where, like, they want us to believe that that A is Jenna at this point. Or at least they want us to know that the girls are going to be thinking that because Spencer is definitely thinking that. But it's also, like, they're seeing what they want to see. Right. They're they're hearing Jenna say that. And, like, yeah, Jenna's sending texts. She could be, like, texting she Toby, like, come pick me up. Like, text. Yeah, like, she could literally. Come pick me up. I'm sitting on this soaking wet bench. Literally, I'm sitting on a soaking wet bench. Like, come pick me up and, like, bring me, like, a, a dry, like, dress or something. But Spencer's like, no, no, no. Me, 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 me. <laughs> she must be sending a text that's threatening us. And so that's, that's where we leave off episode two. And, again, they do an excellent job of keeping us wanting more so to get ready for next next episode should we go ahead and read the description for next week yeah let's do it season one episode three to kill a mocking girl the past will come back to haunt you this saying has never been more true than for aria spencer hannah and emily as the girls try to pay tribute to allison's memory the four friends are faced with unresolved issues a very vague synopsis for next week i'd say yes for sure and our little screen cap we see hannah faced with none other than darren wilden it looks like a super creepy scene i'm gonna be honest it does it does she looks beautiful though and she looks pissed for her she looks pissed yeah and he's like shrouded in dark they put her in a lot of like ceruleans yeah and greens and look for yeah to bring out her eyes Anyway, so yeah, pretty pretty vague description, but definitely, I mean, the past will come back to haunt you. It's really what we've been getting at here. Right, so exactly. We learned a lot about the past in this episode, and I'm sure we'll continue yeah, to do so. Excited to see how it comes back to haunt them. So until next time, this was the Pretty Little Podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.